1: The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of W.I.L.K.'s staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on W.I.L.K.
2: Good morning. Good morning. You don't sound too good today. Oh,
3: I have this wonderful cold. Yeah, and... A little bit of stress in your life. Yeah, lots of bit of stress. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. So, um, you want to talk about Anne Murray
3: oh, Well, you know, everybody listened last week. Yeah. As we taped from hospice. And um, so my, it, it, it was, and some people listened and, and they said, oh, I didn't know that's where you were, whatever. <clears throat> and so um, I don't know what day was that, Thursday right thursday afternoon we yeah cuz we tape on thursday it was tuesday cuz it oh, was Tuesday cuz of, of the holiday no that was the week oh, before. Was before no it was okay. thursday Sorry. and um so my i mean my mom passed away then on um, friday the 29th at hospice of the sacred heart and um so everybody listening thanks for your calls and texts and emails and good thoughts and prayers and uh, we so appreciate it. Um, you're listening to us on Saturday and our viewing and funeral are Thursday and Friday so we'll be finished um, with all of the um, ceremonial type things that go along with with death and my mom um, was very hard to watch. It was the first time I've ever seen that and it was very spooky but very, um, so controlled in many ways. It was, you know, just being in that environment and having so many loving, caring people around you. Um, it was, and how everybody knows, it's just amazing how hospice nurses and Mm -hmm. social work, they, they know. I mean, it's almost like a second, a sixth sense in some way, um, so, big thanks to Hospice of the Sacred Heart, all of the people that I am privileged to work with um, through my business, and gotten have gotten to know so much more intimately through this process. Um, it's just amazing work, um, and I'm I can't express my gratitude any more than to just um, just say it's amazing. We have such a wonderful facility um, for people of, you know, you never know when it's going to happen. And so to, to need the service is I said to them, you know, I've been the last three years raising funds and doing events and with a, you know, an ancillary way of knowing, uh, what happens. But now when it becomes your reality, it's a whole different feeling. So I know you experienced it and we've talked about that with uncle Tom and I, it was just, um, amazing the work that they do and that facility is unbelievable. And so I thank everybody. And as I always say, it starts at the top. Diane is the CEO, D- Diane Baldy, who's a friend to this radio, uh, program and, um, it all trickles down and it, they do remarkable work. So.
2: Yeah, I think that that's an important point of what you just said that, um, unless you really experience it personally to <clears throat> to experience the death of someone that's that close to you and see it happen in front of you your experience then of that facility is significantly different than someone who supports its its mission right. and does like to do all the things that make that comfortable for everybody else. But once you actually experience that, it's a very, very different reality. And sometimes the two don't connect. You know, sometimes what you think this is about and your support for an organization is not, just, it doesn't sync up with the experience you've actually had. I think in your case, it went above and beyond what you thought it might be. Um, as because you've seen much of it, uh, what they say anecdotally, yes, you know, but now you are actually experiencing that. And I remember Meyer saying something about it um, in regard to the the process that he went through. And he did something that I thought was extremely touching, the fact that he started reciting, um, the Jewish prayers. Yes. Over your mom. Yes. And and that was just really not um, requested of him, but that's just what he felt in his heart was the thing he wanted to do. It's what gave him comfort as well. But as he said, it was an opportunity to watch someone die with dignity. Yeah. In a situation where um, it, normally it's um, it's it's all medically induced or you're not there you're just not present to it and the fact that you were there and present with your mother um is a it's a completely different experience than someone who comes in after the fact and says oh, i'm sorry mom i missed it <clears throat>
3: yeah it's it it's, is it's, it's um it, it makes you, I mean, I go by that facility a lot on William Street to uh, p- pass the inpatient unit. And I always bless myself because I know the people who are in there are, uh, you know, it's not, it, uh, you know, death is imminent. I And now when I go by, of course, I still do it, but I feel differently now mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I know that I was one of those people who I been, was thinking about every time I went by.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So it's um, it's it's just a, a whole different
2: feeling. I also think it makes you a, a different kind of fundraiser now.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I said that. Yeah. 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 Really, it's a very different. You can different... speak with complete knowledge uh, as to yes. what, I mean, I, I think I did a pretty good job beforehand. Uh, yeah. So I'm keeping I my know. fingers crossed <laughs> that going <laughs> forward, we'll keep going. Yes. But it's the work is unbelievable. Mm-hmm and the people just the the way the social workers were the 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 complete understanding mike catalano and running that unit and sitting down with me afterwards and just letting me because i during the process was angry at Mm. that i not angry at anybody angry Mm. because i don't I use anger if I'm really upset. So it keeps me from looking like a marshmallow, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was like, just, oh my God. So, and and they, and they're like, whatever emotion you feel is okay, because that's your feeling. And you know, when you sit there and you just, people understand, you don't have to be in, uh, pretend you're whatever it is. It just, Mm -hmm. it just is what it it was. It's very freeing to be able to just express what's there. Yeah, I can. It's
2: interesting to me because I can see I I can speak, I should say, of the process from two different perspectives. The one where my uncle was there at um, Hospice of the Sacred Heart and the other where I was with my mother who passed, that would be his sister when she passed about four or five months before he did, and she was in a hospital in a tiny room, really tiny room, um, in a respiratory unit of Jefferson Hospital. And the difference between those two experiences is- Night and day. Stark. Mm-hmm. Really, it's amazing. I know. Um, but in, in both situations, um, it was, it was very peaceful. I mean, uh, the process, and I, I think I mentioned to you when we were talking about this, that I remember um, with my mom, she um, she had been on major league respirators and basically they were breathing for her. And at some point she just, she said, I'm done. I'm calling I it I remember quits. that. <coughs> and so um, my sister, who was a, a nurse a registered nurse and a geriatric registered nurse um, certainly understood what the process would be from that point forward. I of course had no clue. I didn't understand what happens. So when my mom said, you know, I'm done. And then my sister called the nurses and they came in and um, disengaged her from all the different things and just said, you know, we'll leave the room and let you be with her. Now, my sister, knowing that, having experienced the process before, knew exactly what was going to happen, but in a certain um, time frame. Well, apparently my mom was so weakened by the process of what she was going through. Her passing happened within about three minutes of the time they pulled everything out. And the weird thing was, my sister and I were on either side of her at the hospital bed and I'm telling you, there was no room for really to, to do anything other than just sit there and hold her hand. Um, she shot up uh, um, and completely sat up straight and was completely lucid and said, who's calling me, Who, who's calling me? And then she did something that is just so classic of my mom when she would be, um, not sleepwalking, that's probably too much, but when when she'd wake up from a dream and she was still in the dream, but she was conscious, she would get one of the silliest looking smiles on her face and she'd have a light little laugh like a child and that's exactly what she did. And so she connected with someone, (laughs) we don't know who it was, and then that was it, she was gone, she laid right back down and died. Wow, so it was it was a, a very strange thing to experience that, and then with my uncle, he just literally just stopped. Everything just stopped. We, we saw everything start to shut down in his body, and at one point um, there was a noise. I didn't know what the noise was. I now know it's called rails or whatever that is when the air leaves your lungs, and I didn't know what that was, but I looked at him and I thought he had passed. So I called the nurses (coughs) to come in at hospice and they came in and said, yes, he's, he's gone. And they said, if you want to go out in the other room, we'll clean everything up here. I said, fine. They didn't say that for my mom. You know, there just was nothing. Nobody, (coughs) but I mean, that's the point. The point that I'm making is that the process may be different for the process of death but it's how it's handled yes. that makes the world of difference to the survivors.
3: And the fact that these, the the, as you were saying, some of the, the you know, what you, that you feel your mom saw someone and, and maybe crossed over, as they say, with her right. or with him. In our case, we were all sleeping at that night. Mm-hmm. And it was probably 11 o'clock on Thursday night. My mom died at 8.35 on Friday morning. Um, <clears throat> so... Um, we were all, there were uh, Meyer, my brother, Jimmy, my sister, my cousin, Sharon, and I, we were, they, we were there and we were, the three of the girls were sitting on the couch trying to sleep. And my mom was in the, obviously in her bed. And then Jimmy was in a chair in Meyer and those big doors in hospice, you to they latch shut. So you, when you close it, it latches. So if you leave them open just a little, they kind of open a little. So you, you, you can't really leave it open. It either opens or shuts, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so while we were seated, we were all sitting there. It was, you know, 11, the light, there was one lamp on. It was about sometime after 11, I would say, we were all there and the door unlatched. And so I jumped, you know, I looked around to see who was coming in because I assumed it was a nurse or someone. And we, uh, we looked, like I looked, I was right there. So I looked quickly at it and nobody was there. The door opened, unlatched, and opened, and no one was at the door. Mm -hmm. So that was our sacred moment because we believe all of us, because we were like, who is it? And it wasn't someone who walked away and left because I looked at it so you could see. that There was nobody there. Mm -hmm. So if you believe these things, which I do, and I think they happen all the time when Diane and I talk about the stories and she tells me things and I always say I'm spooked by it. And um, it's we believe that and we were hoping, of course, that it's my father in some way, his spirit, but Mm -hmm. that door unlocked. Mm-hmm. like the la- and it was unlatched and walk- and the door opened. So that was a that was our good feeling. So well,
2: there's always things like that that happen and it's good. Yeah. I think it's really a it's a very comforting thing.
4: Yes. Yeah. So we are going to take a quick break. You're listening to Laurie and Lynch and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News with Webster and Nancy. And I know Laurie Caden. A lot of people know Laurie Caden. And more importantly, and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at L a u r i e c a d d e n L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know. Do you have a support, custody,
3: or divorce case in Northeastern Pennsylvania? Call Barbara J. O'Hara, an attorney with 31 years of experience in divorce, custody, and support cases. You need an attorney who is experienced in family law cases, not a general practitioner. Call Barbara J. O'Hara at 570-344-7171. This may be your first divorce, but it shouldn't be your attorney's. You need experience on your side
1: At Fidelity Bank, we're here whenever and wherever you need us. As your financial partner, our goal is to provide you trusted advice and outstanding service, whether you're in line at our branches or online with your smartphone, mobile device, or computer. With convenient banking tools like our Fidelity mobile app, you can put the bank right in your pocket for safe, secure, 24-7 access anytime or anywhere. Call today, 1-800-388-4380. Visit us online or stop by your local branch to go mobile. With Fidelity Anytime Banking. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Here's Lori and Lynn.
3: Good morning. Good morning
2: my name is lynn evans i am the managing director of a company called women of substance llc which is a financial planning firm designed specifically for the financial (coughs) planning needs of baby boomer women i'm also the host of a podcast called power of the purse available on itunes stitcher and google play And
3: I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And not feeling your best. Well, no. And that's the other thing. What happened is my sister had this. Mm Mm-hmm in the hospital in the hospice unit for two days and you're cramped and uh, not cramped but you're in tight quarters we had a great room overlooking the west side of scranton just so you know um and but of course dry air and people coming and going but my sister who just had this and had a, a pretty bad case and of course you're run down and you're stressed and it just grabs hold of you so yes it's um i am struggling with this since friday so we'll <laughs> keep going but we can get through yep, it keep going we'll we'll do what we got to do Any shout-outs you want to say anybody's Uh, birthday? uh, Nada Gilmartin, yes. Nada Gilmartin's birthday was December 2nd. Okay. So if you see Mrs. Gilmartin around, please give her a big smooch and tell her happy, happy, happy birthday to Nada Gilmartin. So I'm going to fast do it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Happy birthday, dear Nada. Happy Happy birthday birthday to to you. you. Love you. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Um, So... I'm
2: trying to think. There's a bunch of birthdays today. I want to say happy birthday to my friend, John Ackerman, who lives in New Jersey today as we're recording. This is Wednesday. It's his birthday, December 5th. And um, just there are a lot of people. My, <clears throat> my cousin, Lee Carr, her birthday was the fourth and she just became a grandmother for Aww. the second time this year. Ah, wow. That's fabulous. With little baby <laughs> Josephine. They call her Josie. I, I love, love that. it. Yeah, it's that's cute. really cute. So um, that's good. That's all I can think of. is, um, I'm probably missing a whole lot of people, and so I apologize. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> that covers everything. Uh. There's one thing in our favorite AARP magazine <clears throat> this month about um, there's a trend to rehire skilled workers. The name of the, uh, the article is called Unretired and Back at Boeing. It's really interesting. Boeing is luring retired employees back to work at its plant outside Seattle. The, the spokesman said the company plans to hire recently retired mechanics to help with near-term airplane production requirements at the plant in Renton, Washington in, in August, the company reached an agreement with the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers to bring back retirees for up to six months. said they'll receive a $500 bonus for each month they work at the plant. That's not bad. <laughs> no, but why are they doing that? Because they have too much work and not enough skilled people. It's It's very interesting. And then this woman who's the director of the Sloan Research Network on aging and work said that the move by Boeing is an example of companies beginning to realize the value of keeping older workers with specialized skills
3: On the job, past traditional retirement age. But what about the salary? What is their salary? Is it 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 less because they're collecting or not? And can they still collect if they go back? If they're if they're they're over sixty six. If they're sixty six, they can still
2: collect Social Security and work unlimited. Okay. Before that, I think the number this year is something like seventeen thousand you can earn before you start losing some of your social security benefits. Okay. But as they said, employers are starting to get it that older adults can be beneficial to the bottom line. Unretired workers may not want to return to their old schedules, he said, but a temporary job with flexibility might be appealing. Trying to find workers, especially on a temporary basis, who understand the operations and can make contributions immediately is otherwise just about impossible. My next door neighbor yeah. um, retired from Lockheed Martin and I was asked within six months to come back as a consultant to provide some I skills. It. So it, that's kind of the way it is. You know, I, I think more and more people are realizing that when you, because the business environment is such at this time, when there is absolutely um, underemployment i mean in the sense that there are overemployment i guess it would be what well, there's not enough people to fill jobs the jobs people that that employers have opened cannot be filled by the people who are still unemployed so it's easier for them to bring back people that have retired who know the whole process of things and can get them back up and running in a very short period of time rather than trying to train someone and put them through what could be a six-month to one-year training program just before they get themselves back to work so um That's interesting to see how how that's going to continue as um, this economy continues to be in a situation where we need workers. I love it. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, Talk about Social Security. There are some questions here in this report. Um, and I have to say, I'm so pleased to tell everybody that many of the people who responded to these questions are, are women that I have interviewed on my podcast. They are truly experts in social security and retirement benefits. So they don't give them, geez, not a surprise. They don't give them acknowledgement <laughs> in, the, in the articles, but um, there's a couple things that I think some people might also be interested in knowing about. It says, is there a maximum Social Security benefit you can receive no matter how much you've earned? Yes, the answer is yes, but that depends on the worker's year of birth, his or her yearly taxable earnings, and the age the worker starts getting benefits. The highest amount a worker turning age 66 in 2019 can get is $2,861 a month. But you can increase that amount if you wait until turning 70 to start claiming the benefit. A worker with $2,861 a month payable at a full retirement age of 66 would collect 3,776 a month by delaying until age 70 without working past age 66. That's because your benefit increases by 8% a year between full retirement age and 70. So I'm holding out too. So Until 70? Yeah. I, I, if I can. <clears throat> I mean, I've collected. I, I am not collecting. I was eligible at 66. I'm now 67. And as long as I you can. You are? Yeah. Are you sure? I are. <laughs> I are. As long as I can keep going, that 8% a year makes a difference when you finally yeah. say, yeah. And I even if I chose not to work at, from this point forward, not contribute to Social Security, I could still get that when I get to age 70. Now, Pat gets his, right? Yes. he started. <coughs> he started taking his at age 62 because he was retired. He was also... Um, how shall we put it? Not capable of earning a living at that point. So it made sense. Yeah. Um, The second question, I'm making contributions to my 401k. Will that change my social security earnings limit? It's interesting that that's that's a good question because people sometimes think if they lower their income by contributing to a 401k, their taxable income then they don't get the social security benefits but the fact is contributing to a 401k plan does not reduce the amount of earnings that the program uses for tax purposes so social security looks at your gross earnings before any tax deferred deductions and allotments so if you have the ability to do it please make your full contributions and the catch-up stuff you can do because you're over the age <clears throat> excuse me a 50 it makes a big difference down the other side of the road the other one i'm on social security disability can i collect these disability payments and retirement benefits at the same time that's another great question you cannot collect both at the mm-hmm. same time if you're <coughs> eligible for both you would receive the higher of the two In most cases, the disability payment will be higher than a reduced retirement benefit. That's because the program calculates your disability benefit as though you reached full retirement age when you became disabled. Right. It converts to a retirement benefit in the month you attain full retirement age.
3: Because one is SSI and the other is SSA, right? I don't know about
2: the A. Yeah, SSA
3: is... That's Social Security Administrative. Right. So, but there's two different, well, that's the way they used to come in anyway, with through um, <clears throat> automatic deposits when I was at the bank. It was yeah. SSA, regular, and SSI was um, disability, yes. <clears throat> insurance, Social Security. And the thing is, with
2: Social Security disability, you can qualify for that. Long before you your can normal require, retirement yes, I know. So uh, people need to remember but they're, that they're one and the same. They we are right. Same. Same. Comes pool same of money place. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, can you change your mind about collecting retirement benefits from the program? I didn't know the answer to this because I didn't know this was even an option. But the answer is yes but only one time.
3: So in other words, if you decided you wanted it and you took it and then you decide you wanna wait, you can cancel it. Right. Once and only once. So Social
2: Security will allow you to withdraw your application for retirement and repay the benefits within your first 12 months of eligibility. If you're over full retirement age, you can ask the program to suspend your payments. If you temporarily stop your retirement benefit between full retirement age and age 70, you'll get that higher amount when you start collecting again. So that was a technique that we as financial advisors used to use a lot because what we used to do is if the usually the husband was the older of the two, the husband would file to start his benefits and then promptly suspend them which then allowed the wife to start collecting at half of his benefits. So he
3: doesn't have to take it, but she could start collecting at half of his benefits. If you're And if you're divorced from someone and you're collecting on theirs, mm-hmm. you're married 10 over, you were married 10 years, do they have to be retired and collecting before you can collect no, if they're, they're older old. than you? So it doesn't matter, it's nope. up to the individual. Right,
2: and okay. once you're divorced, it's your choice when you take it, as long as you've been married the 10 years. And you are not
3: remarried. Yeah, even if you get remarried. I mean, the well, yeah, is, but you don't get their benefit if you're remarried. Right, right. It's one mm-hmm. or the other. Yeah, okay.
2: But here's the absurdity of this when I look at it. I qualified to get um, half of Pat's benefits, which I decided to do. I mean, why not? It's just free money. So I get half of his benefits. He's collecting under full amount for his right. benefits. And his ex wife is also I know. Co- See, <laughs> that,
3: well, that's, we talked about that. Yes, three people under from one, the, pro- one I worker. It. I know it. I don't know there that that's go. such a good idea. <laughs> These guys have to stop getting remarried. I think. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Yeah. You're listening this morning to Laurie and Lynch. Show. We'll be right back.
2: and other
5: free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Plugnet, MD of Advanced Gynecology Associates in Scranton. I've had the occasion to work with many women in my 25 years as a gynecologist. And while I enjoy that experience, I also specialize in helping women to have a better quality of life before, during, and after menopause. I believe it requires a personal touch. I get to know my patients, and I personally strive to make the normal process of menopause as easy as possible beyond resorting to traditional hormone replacement therapy. If you're a woman thinking this is only happening to me, know that you're not alone. If you have questions, concerns, need personalized attention, please come and talk with me. I'm here to help you. There's no need to suffer with menopausal symptoms. You can reach me at my office in Scranton via phone number 570-344-9997 or you can find us on the web at Dr. Barbara Plucknett. That's B-A-R-B-A-R-A-P-L-U-C-K-N-E-T-T dot com.
1: ERA OneSource Realty, always there for you. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn.
2: Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm okay. I sound a little bit worse than just okay. Yeah, yeah. all right. And um, my name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. It is a financial planning firm designed specifically for the financial planning needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And it's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play.
3: And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising, PR, and special event business. Okay. Did you get your invitation in the mail? I did not. You didn't? No. To the Belen thing? To the no? I was gonna tell you that. I did not. Oh that's weird. Everyone else did. Well, who knows? Okay. No, I didn't get
2: it, but when is it?
3: The eighteenth. Eighteenth, okay. Yeah, At right. the rad. At the rad? Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: <laughs> that's good. Yep. So do we know how many people are gonna be there? No, no, I have no idea.
3: Is it a, <coughs> is it a dinner thing or is no, it No, it's a reception. Okay. Hot or Dorvies? I don't know. I'm assuming something, but. Well, if I was right after work, so. Yeah. Um,
2: what was the. Uh, when it was. Gosh, I can't remember the name of the woman who got the award. Uh, we had it at. The event was held at the University of Scranton.
3: Last year's, you mean? Was it last year or yeah. two years ago? Not I got it last year and not and Nada got the Chamberlain and Ann Falsack got the, yeah, last year yeah. we were there. Okay. Yeah. Because was that the, was just the, those
2: you know, were two um <laughs> tables that just had colder d'oeuvres kind of thing. Yeah. You know, maybe there were a few hot ones, I don't know. But that was about it. So Yeah, I think a bunch of us went someplace afterwards for dinner. Yeah, it's not,
3: it's not, a it's just a little reception. So just a couple, you know, I'm sure there'll be little hors d'oeuvres and that's about it. So do you have a uh, speech prepared? No. Mm -mm. No. Do you have to say something? Yeah. But you know me, I'm never at a loss for words. (laughs) So I'll be fine just getting up there. Um, All right, you know, that's good. I'd rather that it comes out much more natural, naturally, natural than if I were to per, You know, I don't prepare. Never, you know that. I do, <laughs> I do indeed. <laughs>
2: okay, so um, I'm trying to think of some uh, AARP. One of the this was 2017. That uh, I say this because you know a lot of times. When we look at the films that a lot of people loved over the course of the year, I'm a subscriber to Netflix.
3: Yeah, how do you do that? Well, you have to
2: go online to Netflix and get a,
3: a I subscription. Have to do it. Yeah, you, you have Comcast though, right? And you yes. can just do it right through your. Right. All right, I have yes. to do it. Keep you do it. Thinking. Um, yeah, it's
2: very easy to get to it.
3: Are you watching that that one with uh, Michael Douglas? I am. And, uh, is it What's it, it, it called? Is. <laughs> <laughs> the Kaminsky Method. It's what's his name, right? Chuck Laurie? Does it, Laurie? How yes, yes. And Michael Douglas
2: and um, Alan Arkin are the two leads, and they keep bringing in all these people every every you mean week, just different stars. Yes, yeah, and, I love they, that. and they are who they are. Yeah, you know, it's uh-huh. it's funny they're not playing a role. So it's just amazing because they're
3: two older, two Hollywood older guys, guys yeah. right? Yeah. Trying to make their way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, and it's a good thing. It's about time they <laughs> focused on how old some old Hollywood guys. Yes, exactly, of women exactly because they and so, let them see what it's like but it, what's so funny is that they really do, do say what it's like
2: that's all my right. point and the last one we watched i have to i'm not going to spoil it by saying anything but it was all about the fact that michael douglas was having a problem with um urinary incontinence Gosh. all right so that's <laughs> that's lovely right where i need to be uh-huh. patrick so it was just the funniest thing to talk about Th- those two guys talking about it with each other and what do you do about this and what do you do about that and does this ever happen to you yes and then you'd watch him talk about <laughs> they go to these places where there are younger men and they both end up saying you know I have to go to the bathroom why you just went i know but i have to go <laughs> It's just hysterical, and they go into the. They show you the shot where they go into the men's room, and of course, you're coming from behind them and watching the two of them. And he's listening to the guy next to him, who was probably in his 30s or 40s, and having no problem at all emptying his bladder. Yeah, and, you he's know? Going like, and he says he look he looks at the guy just just wait just uh, wait that. Was- <laughs> It is the <laughs> truth. That's what I'm saying. They really hit some very sensitive subjects, uh-huh. but
3: very relevant, and it's it's really well done, well directed. Um, but they, you know, you know what's really neat good. though uh, with getting older, and is that years ago women, I, I'm just going to use women, yeah. uh, like my grandmother, my mother, they didn't really talk about things that were going on with them so to speak or or wait till you get older until you like that like we i never really thought that now everybody talks about things it's they're so open and i think it's good because there's safety in numbers so to speak you know what i mean you 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 don't feel quite so alone yes because everyone has a similar circumstance yeah yeah, and and I think
2: that's that's the point, is that the more we talk about it, the less scary it becomes to everybody else yeah. and the less fear we have about... I mean, just, just what he was talking about in that thing, about it, a lot of times people are so... And you see it in the ads that they do. They're so afraid to go out and be with people because of some of these issues. And that whole thing that's out there now about the... Um, I don't want to call them diapers, but that's basically what they are for women. And they see, and the woman is saying, See, you can't even see it. You can't even tell that I have it on. And, I was, and it's designed to look just like regular underwear and all that stuff. Well, the fact is, that's a part of life. That's a part of what happens as you age. But when we are embarrassed by it, when we have to um, make up excuses for why we can't be places like, this woman in the TV ad, she would never go out to with, be with her grandchildren to the park because she was too afraid. She wasn't close enough to a bathroom. Right, right. There, there are all these, it's not just the, the condition, but it's what it does to your life and how it affects your interaction with other people right. at work and with your loved ones.
3: And that is true. I mean, and, that and is And we never true. talked about it. And why not? It's a I part remember of my life. grandmother, if we were going for a ride, and I'm all about getting my big iced tea for the ride, no matter where I go, from Duncan. And she would say, oh, oh no, I can't have a drink on the road unless yeah. you know we're going to stop 10 times. Yeah. You know, so it was... It was funny because she but knew what she could do. And my even, mother would do the same thing. Yeah, even at that, that's a lot. That's a lot of mm-hmm. an acknowledgement to say yeah. that because they usually just that that made up other though. excuses right, for why they they never go. talked about it like, oh, wait, oh, this is what happened. They just never, you know, they just full steam ahead. Yeah, so,
2: yeah, so anyway, as I was saying about Yes, that's a wonderful show and, I'm, and that's probably the only thing I said to Patrick the other night. There was nothing on TV. It was Saturday night. It says nothing on. I just don't want to watch any more football games. I'm tired of that. I said, let's watch The Kaminsky Method. He uh-huh. said, okay. So we started watching it, and I think we watched four episodes. It's yeah, just binge, <laughs> right? Really. And I said to him, "This is what we call binge watching." He said, "What's that?" I said, "What you uh, just did." Yeah,
3: <laughs> you didn't get up for it's three like, hours. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so, which is normal. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's no difference. He must not. That's why he doesn't get what the binge part means. Because no, because that's he normal binges for him. all the time. Yes. Yeah. And and so he, um, it was funny because he, I thought
2: maybe he'd be uncomfortable watching this.
3: Why? Because, because it's, it's a guy thing? Well, no, because it hits home. Uh, you well, know? yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> the same age as they are, isn't Yes.
2: It? Yeah. He is. And that's why I thought he would either love it because they are the same age or he's going to get very frustrated
3: with it yeah. all. And like, I don't want to see what this. What was the uh, end result? The end result was
2: he loved it. Yeah. See. And even after, you know, we turned it off, went up to bed, he said to me, you know I really like that show. That uh-huh. was a really good show. I said good. I'm glad. When, so when does it come on? It's it's well Netflix it's uh, streaming just, oh, whenever well, okay, you want so it. whenever you want it. It okay. just uh, pick it, but there's another one that won something. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I think it's called. Yeah. I really want to see that. I want to no, start. But here's doing what I that. don't
3: understand. So you could watch from beginning to end of an of a season and know about it before everybody. Really? See, I don't know well, if I like no, that. No,
2: sometimes they don't um, put anything beyond a certain number. So
3: you have to keep coming back every yeah. week. But you can go back to other years and see the entire thing. Well, that thing. I know, but I just mean, you know, if they taped for the whole year, they don't give you the whole year up front, do I, do, they? I
2: don't know if they do. I, I think somebody said they did this year with that particular um, drama. Okay. Because that's how people like to watch it anymore. You know, yeah. they go from one thing to another. But that's the nice part about it is that with that stuff, you you don't have to record it. You don't have I to know, tape it. I know. Forget to record you just and go. I know. And okay. it cost was eleven bucks a month or something. Uh, yeah, I have to do unlimited. It. Okay. So that that's a lot of fun. But uh, some of the things I was saying here about the movies for grown ups is what they call this. This was from two thousand seventeen. Um, I'm sorry, it was uh, February and March of this year. But the thing is, there are some in here that probably are now on Netflix that you can watch um with no question about it you know just they're there now because they're a little bit past the time right. they were in the theaters but this is one that was called Star Wars the Last Jedi that supposedly was one that arp liked. Yeah. um steve carell who plays um battle of the no yeah battle of the sexes and um he did a really good job with that. Uh, Gary Oldman, who does The Darkest Hour, I think we started watching that one. That was really good. Annette Benning is in a film called Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool. Um, Selma Hayek is with Beatrix at Dinner. Uh, Victoria and Abdul is a story about the Queen of England, played by who else? Judy Dench uh francis mcdormand and three billboards outside uh, ebbing yeah. missouri yeah. i've heard a lot about yeah, I that have to see that i don't know if that's a fun thing or no, not. no
3: it's the, her daughter is killed and they don't they they it becomes a cold case i think and she takes out the billboards to oh, yeah. make them shame them into getting i think that's how it is yes. if i'm not mistaken
2: and then Meryl Streep is in um, The Post, which is the story about Katharine right, Graham. Right, which I didn't see. Yep, that's another one I'd like to do. And um, let's see, what are some of the others? It's
3: right. always a good time of the year to catch up on things because yes. it's colder and darker later, you know, lighter, late, earlier. So... <clears throat>
2: And this one, um, Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. The Shape of Water.
3: Yeah, yeah I plunges don't Plunges no, us I would into never a
2: dreamscape
3: so deep you can't believe Ugh. it was
2: inspired by a creature from the Black That Lagoos. was bizarre.
3: <laughs> I, I wouldn't even. I didn't see it. I don't want to see it. No, I'm no interested. Not interested. The Florida Project. Um, I saw that. I saw. Did you? I didn't see it. I saw, I read or saw something about it. Okay. Um,
2: And Christopher Plummer, who's the oldest Oscar winner at 82. love him. For beginners, that's the name of it. Yep. And he could win at 88 as J. Paul
3: Getty in All the Money in the World. There you go. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. Um, no, not a break. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Lynn just gave me the old. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening. We will see you next week. Have a great weekend. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye.